0: What's up? What's up, bitches? Today is Monday and I have a special episode for you. If you're listening to my podcast and you found yourself here because of Bachelor content, then you're likely familiar with Dave Neal. He's on YouTube. He's on TikTok. He's pretty much everywhere um, that we have platforms, but covering all of the latest Bachelor content, pretty much anything going on in the reality space. You've recently dipped into Bravo. So welcome to the show.
1: Great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I like the hey bitches intro. Hey, bitches. How are you out there?
0: <laughs> I love it. I love when my guest says it with me, too. It makes it even more iconic. So thank it's, you for greeting everyone.
1: It's more it's more aggressive when it comes from like a raspy voiced white male. <laughs> hey, bitches. How are you? Uh, but no, yeah, it for is. To me. Great. Great to talk to you today.
0: And I like the self-awareness. So oh, yeah, we stand Dave, for that. Wait. Yeah. Dave Neal. Okay. I was like, wait, why does that sound wrong when I said that? And I added the Z on this recording because I'm so used to seeing your screen name, like D Neal, Dave Neal's on yeah. YouTube. I couldn't it's even such
1: tell. A, it's such an old Instagram, like my Instagram handle is D Neal's. And like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's one of those, like, I'm not going to change it for a, a trillion dollars. It's it is what it, you know what I mean? You're just like sick of changing things. You got to adapt to the new social medias. That's it. Uh, Get off my front lawn. It's D
0: Neal's. I love it. I love it. So, Like I just said, you're a bachelor content creator, but you're also a comedian, you're a YouTuber, podcaster of your own, which let's plug really quick, what is your podcast called?
1: called Bachelor Rush Hour, and it's just the deal. I go through so many different stories that aren't worth making videos about. I just kind of save them all for the end of the day, and I release it every afternoon by like 4 p.m. East Coast time. So just up-to-date Bachelor and other entertainment news. Like you said, I'm doing some Vanderpump and American Idol and Love is Blind, just random gossip stuff
0: and he's more consistent than the news like you can count on this 4pm podcast like more than you can count on the weather predictions being right it's there every day i love your videos on youtube and the consistency too so that's just a testament to you everybody follow and subscribe
1: Thank you so much. Well, it's one of those things. If I if I don't do it every day, I'll just you know I might as well quit. You know, I I have to. I my wedding week, I had content every day. I like pre made it, but I just had it. So I don't want people to come to my page expecting some afternoon content, and there's nothing there. So uh, times like this, when there isn't much in the bachelor world, that's when it becomes hard to figure it out. But there's always something to talk about.
0: And you give me a great segue because you recently got married. You added husband to your long-standing list of titles that you have. I want to hear about your wedding from the standpoint of: Is there anything funny that happened that you're adding to your stand-up bit or on your honeymoon?
1: You know, you know, you always think you're going to get content out of the wedding, but luckily, um, I did have I did have the standard. Uh, night of the wedding where where people go oh did you did you consummate the marriage and i was like no way i passed out on the toilet uh, <laughs> not even wasted just like tired <laughs> and i think anyone who's been through a wedding can know like are you kidding me who's having sex on their wedding night golly exhausted open bar all that cheese no not happening so um we were we were fine to wait a day before that. Um but the wedding was great. It was in Mexico with all of our friends and family. And um, like I said, we we had planned this like Viennese waltz for our opening dance because you know, you know, we work in entertainment. We we should be able to Um, to razzle and dazzle our family and friends. But I I was the one who had um, sort of dropped the ball on booking the dance choreographer. I kind of, um, I I didn't do a good job of uh, getting that uh, scheduled. And we actually were kind of like kind of, uh, given this, uh, dance package with this guy who worked with dancing with the stars contestants. And so we did like a professional Viennese waltz. We only had about one week to learn it. But, um, once we got to the dance floor, it was like open air palapa in Mexico. So it was actually kind of slippery because of the humidity. And it was one of those like LED glass dance floors. It was a lot smaller than we had expected. So we had to like relearn the dance in our wedding outfits. You know, she's got the beautiful custom wedding dress on and we did it. I didn't drop her. We did the lifts. We got the applause. It was an easy crowd. Uh, but, um, from there it was like, we can drink now that we've done the dance, you know,
0: a hundred percent because pressure's on everybody's looking at you and it's like, you spent money to learn the dance. You guys have already declared that, you know, this dance enough to be willing to do it in front of everyone. So you guys want to deliver. I love oh, that yeah. you committed.
1: It was like proper Bridgerton level moves. I mean, our dance instructor kept on giving us, cause we knew like, all right, every single day we come at him, if we do what he says, he'll keep adding, adding aspects to it. And, and I think we were better than he expected. So, you know, but, but yeah, like I said, I mean, this wasn't your average rinky dink wedding. We had to, you know, we, we, we live in Hollywood. We had to show up with some knowledge of, uh, and it's tough for the male because I kind of have to lead and she has to follow, which is like, she's, she's the better dancer. Uh, she's, you know, trained classically trained in all this. So I had to really step my game up and not mess up. That was just don't slip on her, vi- her, on her train. Don't make this look bad. I think we had pretty much without a Hitch, we had a a, a, just a beautiful time.
0: I love it. I'd love to see a video. And quickly, because you're also in comedy, you've seen tons of movies, I'm sure, where there's like always someone at a wedding who speaks up when they're like, "Anybody have any, you know, anybody have anything to say that they don't want this couple to get married? I cannot even think of the wording right now." And there's someone who's like, "Yes, like."
1: Yeah. Any objections? No, I don't think that was part of our ceremony. I don't think we even allowed objections. Not that there would have been any, but, um, yeah, that's, if, if you're worried about any objections, you're, you probably shouldn't be getting married. If you're like that, at no point were we wondering, well, are they going to say yes? Or it was just, you know, formalities let's party.
0: Yeah, no, but have you ever heard of that happening? Like absolutely would not suspect that at your wedding, but have you ever even heard of this actually happening in the real world?
1: Now I've only my buddy broke up broke off his wedding a week before I just found that out, and I thought that was insanity. Um, I'm like, what do you do with the cake? you've like the deposits? What do you do with all that? um i' I never heard of a day of the wedding, but I can only imagine there's got to be a large portion of engage couples that break off their whole relationship because of the wedding planning process. Like if you can get through that, you're pretty much good to go. Like that's the final challenge in, in single life. I think.
0: Absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm with my boyfriend for the last five years and we're not engaged yet or anything, but the idea of planning a wedding sounds so Bad to me that I think that we're both almost on the same mindset where it's like small wedding, maybe six people and go somewhere like um, destination wedding where you really only invite people who you know are going to show up like not going to do the whole like everybody come because you know they're going to say no just a party afterwards to celebrate.
1: Yeah. And and then, and then if you do it that way, where it's like a big party, people will just show up to punch the ticket and say they came. And then it's like, get out of here. No one wanted you. Uh, (laughs) no one cares if you're going to just show up, you know? So we were like, no, come for the week. Um, and uh, ours was one of those, like, if you, you pay for like 50 people and it comes with the wedding planner and all of like, it's all kind of like a, a group package at that point. So it was, a, it was very hands-off. We didn't have to choose DJs. It just all came with the venue wow. and the venue really great. Uh, well, uh, it was called blue Venado in um, in a Tulum, they have multiple locations, just unbelievable the the amount of detail, they took care of everything, churro carts and shots and open bars and custom drinks. And they just like made it so easy for us. We would have never been able to do it ourselves if we had to choose all the different vendors.
0: Okay, so if you're listening, a little bit of technical difficulties, but getting back into it, let's talk about jury duty because this is a lighter topic than some of the things that we're talking about later. And you watched this show, which I was super excited about. First of all, what did you think of it? Uh,
1: it's just it, it was like it was like a it was like a warm soup. It was so heartwarming uh, to know that the whole the whole premise being that everyone's an actor improvising and there's one Truman Show like guy who doesn't know it's this whole like planned set. He was, they, they just found the perfect guy. They found a guy who was non judgmental. He, you know, just rolled with everything. Just real, real great casting. And it makes you wonder for other reality shows why they can't cast someone that was like, so like universally liked.
0: Agreed. And nothing riled him, which I loved. Like, um, I think Todd was my favorite juror. Like the chair sits, all of his inventions, the fake ear. Who was your favorite juror, obviously, besides Ronald,
1: the I don't know that her name, but the like sort of oversexual uh, female juror had a great character. It was very much like the sister in Schitt's Creek. She was very like very specific. You could just see that their the character choices they made were so great. But like like I said, yeah, the guy who with all the gadgets was amazing. Um, they all kind of just were so minimal in their character, but then were able to keep growing it. And at that point, Ron just believed them. So they could really just do whatever they wanted at that point. So they all just knocked it out of the park. I actually know a few of the cast members. Um, Whitney Rice played the plaintiff. Um, she's a fantastic actress and comedian. And Kirk Fox was the tall juror. So he's a an, uh, Los Angeles comedian, too.
0: Wow. So is that plaintiff ba- or Nikki? Is that plaintiff Nikki? Is that um, who you oh, know?
1: Oh no! I'm sorry. Did I say plaintiff? She was. No, you the, didn't. Uh, no, she. Uh, Whitney was the um, the person suing the other guy.
0: So she, oh, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. So she played just like sort of an aloof bitch, rich, rich girl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, she didn't have much to say until the end, but everyone. I mean, the judge was great. Every everything about it was just James Marsden was really fantastic, playing just this unlikable. Celebrity. I mean, <laughs> it, it, we're watching it just like, how does he fall for it? But you got to remember, like, you know, they're editing it together in the moment. There's probably lots of downtime. And it just really goes to show how easily manipulated we are and how adaptable we are into a society. Like he's like, All right, I'm in a jury for a week or two weeks, or whatever it is, and they just develop this plan to like um to keep them at the hotel because James is a celebrity. I mean, none of it makes sense all together, but it all worked out. Like it was all believable in the moment.
0: And I have to say, like, I just kept thinking like, Ronald reminds me of someone, cause I'm from Ohio. So he reminds me of someone from the Midwest, just like me, where you never really want to hurt anybody's feelings. So you see people do things that's just like, outrageous. And you're just like, hey, you just smile, wave, keep moving past it. And I could see myself falling for the entire thing. I would not know at all. I wouldn't want to tell anybody that they were weird. And I would just go along with like the entire thing.
1: I uh, Yeah, agreed. Although I wonder how much Okay. Put it this way. If there, if all the cameras were hidden, which they weren't, so there was a documentary film set there. So that would have kept me polite. But if it was just a hidden camera show, I probably would have been talking mad shit, but just to, <laughs> just for like for fun, you know, but like God knows they wouldn't be able to air half of it. Cause I'd just be like messing around and bored when I'm bored. I'm just you know, stirring shit up and everything. He really, um, they really did a good job of making it not a prank on him, but you know, and again, not to give anything away, but the ending and how they reveal uh, how they shot it all was fantastic. My my hope was the show was such a success that I hope they filmed five or 10 seasons of it. I don't think they did, but those are the types of shows you want to batch film them because once the secret's out, you know, what can you do?
0: Absolutely. It's like, um, punked with Ashton Kutcher, you know, like there's only so many seasons where that can actually be realistic before they kind of expect that they could just potentially be being punked.
1: Yeah. That's a great comparison. Cause back, back in the day, yeah, everybody thought they were getting punked. Every celebrity thought it was a <laughs> because he was gum, gum just coming from people's throats. And that was in the moment, that was such a unique thing to not just pr- punk random people, but get celebrities. And this is that same, like, office style character driven show shot really well. And um, they couldn't have pulled it off without like a really strong cast. And they had to be flexible. Uh, you know, when, when they show like, well, if Ronald does this, we have to do that. So they had to just be ready to go depending on what he did. And he gave them more content than they thought they might get And the, the, uh, the, like the director's rooms cheering. Cause they're, they, it's going so well. I mean, it could have just been a disaster from day one. Like they had no, they had no idea what was going to happen.
0: They really did pick the perfect person you nailed it now would you be able to do this as the as like a comedian do you think that you would be able to stick to it?
1: Oh yeah, this would be fun absolutely um totally I totally I mean I'm not saying i I don't think I don't know if I would be good at it. I used to do improv I'm definitely a straight man like I don't I don't have crazy character uh sort of energy but um for sure if you're if you're like training on certain ticks that you do or certain obsessiveness you know just knowing when it's your moment to kind of mess with him would be so much fun but also like you gotta know uh you know they, they have to have so much awareness because we're trying to think about it they can't have earpieces in i thought the, i think the judge did but most of them they just have to like talk to each other when Ron's in, in the other way. Okay, what are we doing now? Like they have, they, they just have to have their head on a swivel. Um, Such a unique situation.
0: I love the show. And that would give me anxiety a little bit too. Like, can he hear us? Like, is he going to hear us like inspiring and talking about this? So you almost have to like not talk about it wherever he is. It's like in the privacy of your own room with whoever you're with.
1: Yeah, and not being the person who messes it all up or reveals it. I know someone called someone else by their real name once, not their stage name. Oh, I would it's the type of show you would really want to stay like in method, like in character, because gosh, he's just and like Kirk Fox, the tall guy. I mean, he's a very well-known, recognizable character actor. I'm surprised they even cast him in that. He's like a well like he's a he's been in a ton of projects um before. So I thought that was surprising that he that he was a part of it.
0: I was surprised that they casted Mecky Leper just because he just finished Sex Sex Lives of College Girls and he had like a pretty big role in it. And he was the guy, Noah, with the girlfriend. Um, So I was just surprised that they casted him. I'm sure that you would see him around because I have friends in L.A. and he's a comedian there. So if you haven't linked up with him yet already, you probably could.
1: You know, isn't that funny? I, I I never recognized him before as a fellow comedian, so it just goes to show how big the the sort of the industry is. And they found a guy in San Diego who's not part of like the Hollywood scene. And yeah, they just got lucky it all worked out.
0: Moving on to bachelor and anything bachelor related, we only have Bachelor in Paradise to kind of watch right now from Canada. Are you going to dabble with trying to get that running and watch any of it with the like VPN thing that you can do?
1: You know, last year they actually were sh- they ended up showing it to people without the VPN. I'm not going to go crazy to watch it. It doesn't it doesn't have a big market. It it was interesting. I think these shows are successful because so many people watch them that you can have that water cooler moment. But if not many people are watching a show, it you don't, you know, like if no one was watching jury duty, it'd be who are you going to talk to about it. You know? So I don't expect bachelor in paradise, Canada to drive those numbers. And I'm going to wait and see what people say. I know my friend Charlene, she's hosting it. She's fantastic. Um, they've got Connor Brennan, love him. Uh, A lot of, uh, a lot of people, I mean, you know, I think it has the ability to create just as much drama and entertainment. I just don't know if the audience isn't going to be there. It's probably not going to be worth my
0: time. That makes sense. I'd, I'm loving the fact that Chelsea Vaughn is on there because I loved her from Bachelor us i like tessa tooks so i'll just be watching from afar but i think i'm kind of at the same point where there are so many shows to watch that people are talking about and buzzing on that i'm gonna have to catch the spoilers from bachelor rabbit hole or something
1: yeah if something crazy happens and if there's some like vanderpump moment where it's like oh my gosh can you believe joey did this i'll get into it but um I, I, You know what I'm probably going to do? I'm pro- If I do watch it, I'll probably just recap it on my podcast and not the YouTube channel. I'm just not going to, like I did it last year and you just realize, you know, you see the numbers and you realize, all right, this isn't that interesting to that many people. It, it's just not there.
0: And then we always have to walk the line as being a content creator too. Like we don't want to just have like a clickbait story and we don't want to have cast members mad at us either. So like latching on to like a one second thing when the rest of the episode was like a drag and they were just fine, you know, that's not great either. So it's just better to tune in from afar.
1: Yeah. And I've done, I've done that where I've been super judgy, but I'm kind of in the stage now where I have a hard time judging pretty much anything I see on TV. I wait to see what people say in podcasts because it's just so far out of context. And I've gotten hard on people before and it's like, they don't have the ability to defend themselves because the contracts they're under. And you know, it's, it's all, it's all just a bunch of drunk Sleep deprived people. Like they're all just, but the Canada version does seem like more fun, like the stakes are lower. Um, so I do like that it's on a lake, uh, and uh just has like, I don't know, it's it's got a different energy to it um because it is just like the minor leagues. So there is something fun to it.
0: Agreed. I almost feel like it's like because less people are watching, they can be themselves, you know, and like actually potentially more could happen. So I'll be interested to see if it ends up taking off. And if it does, obviously we'll both end up covering it. What did you think of them for bachelor Ret, which starts June 26th? what did you think about them changing the time slot to nine to 11 PM?
1: Um, I personally don't care at all. Um, I know it's that extra hour for people that have to get up early. I mean, I will, I usually do after show live streams. So that is an extra hour, but, um, I'm on the West coast. I watch the East coast time anyway. So I try to get the earlier time stream. Um, it's probably going to give them a little bit more editing flexibility. I'm not too familiar with the FCC rules, but that eight o'clock hour is definitely a cleaner hour than the, than the 10 o'clock hour. So if they're going from nine to 11, they might be able to be a little bit more spicy. They might, they might not do that. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if there's any strategic reason for them to push it back an hour. Um, it's kind of destination TV. So I think people will just go there you know, they'll just follow along. It's not like an unreasonable time slot. It's just, you know,
0: it's not unreasonable, but it does give me pause. Just wondering that we just got, and I'm saying this as just a white woman. So I, I don't know, but I, we just got rid of Mike Fleiss. So it's like, why not kick off charity season on a great note? Keep her at 8 PM. Keep her, keep everything the same. Um, It just makes me wonder who at ABC thought, Hey, You know, like we just had this huge thing go down in the bachelor nation. So as we have the opportunity to do well with this black woman who is our bachelorette, let's push her to 9 p.m. It's like whoever was in that room, that was a huge disservice, in my opinion, to all of the change that they're trying to make.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you, you could lose some of those 8 PM followers, but maybe gain a later, uh, you know, it just, we'll have to see what happens. I, I did say when, um, the bachelorette Instagram had posted this photo of charity, I think in the Bahamas, and it looked like the type of photo you take with an iPhone. And it was like their first featured photo of the season. And I was like, Oh no, this is not good. Like they need to really sex, sexy her up because she's beautiful. And it was just like a normal photo. It's like, go all out, make it look like this is going to be, you know, any, any NYU film intern could have done a better job at, um, spicing the season up. And they'll, and I, so I was like, what was that? Was it some sort of like weird collaboration they had where they had to get a photo up and tag the hotel or, you know, it just like felt like very influencery and not like a professional TV show. But I will say this, um, whenever, every year people go, Oh, the show is going to get canceled. It's like, we are in a full blown writer's strike. These reality shows are worth gold right now. The fact that ABC is going to have original content that it can put on on the nine to eleven o'clock time slot when and it in for charity season it won't really affect it, but for the fall seasons for Bachelor in Paradise, if Bachelor in Paradise was a show that actually had writing, it would be paused. Like that's not gonna happen, canceled. So because of the writer strike, these reality shows are worth so much more to the advertisers and to um, to the networks as like solid two hours a week of content that they can rely on. They don't need younger Sheldon or some other, you know, stupid two and a half men. They, it's just like such a given for them to have this show. I don't see it going away for a very long time.
0: It'd be interesting to see what would happen if all of a sudden the, um, lawsuits for reality television picked up to the capacity that the strike has. And all of a sudden we're seeing reality talents just saying fuck this. If we can't get wages and if we can't get basic human rights, then you guys can't watch anything. Like it's just the news from here on out. That would be interesting to me just because it is like almost bordering that, you know what I mean? Where you do, you will have people who will always, you know, be open to reality television and just like the possibility of a check, but you will have more people who didn't know prior that if they go on a show like love is blind or the bachelor, that they could be highly exploited, um, and potentially neglected. Like that brings awareness to make people more hesitant. And you may lose, um, like the rational people that we were already barely seeing on reality television.
1: You know, it's, it just goes to show exploitation will always exist There needs to be some sort of collective bargaining between the production companies like Bachelors and Kinetic at Love is Blind with current stars that already have equity. They'll always be able to find a new person. It's Hunger Games. People are broke in their 20s. They they want some Instagram followers, and I don't blame anybody. They, They don't have many options. There's a reason why they want to go on the shows and there will always be someone, and the show can always find the, the people they need. They, they turn down probably thousands of people that'd be serviceable. So it really just comes down to, will the shows want to get ahead of this? And I know Bachelor has. No one forced them to have a drink limit. They just realized letting people get this drunk was a ticking time bomb. Netflix doesn't have the same regulations that network TV has, and I think they turned a blind eye to what was going on with love is blind and was just like one of those, we just buy the TV show from you. This is your problem. You know, this is the production company's problem and they're going to, they're going to do whatever they can get away with. And clearly it, it was getting ugly. I mean, how many more like horrible situations do they need? Um, and this might've been enough, you know, you might not hear anything publicly about production companies, um, um, and their exploitations, but they might, they might shift it around and go, okay, let's button things up. Let's, give let's let's you know it might not be like this the type of fairness that you get in the screen actors guild cuz in SAG you get breaks very often and double time pay and residuals you're very well covered it's very it's it's a good negotiation it's a good deal and if they only give these reality stars half of that or even a quarter of that it'll be way more than they have right now
0: one thing i think that's interesting is that there are already the next two seasons of Love is Blind filmed already. So we're hearing this like uproar, not only just of um, people not liking Nick and Vanessa as hosts, which we've already heard, like kind of whatever, we're keeping them, but they already have the next two seasons filmed with them and with whatever conditions the last cast w- was under. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if more and more like reality talents from these shows are coming forward with the same claims or if they have to like not put those filmed series on TV, if they're going to have to redo them essentially, because they are, um, you know, like going to look bad. Like I'm I'm not sure what will happen there.
1: Yeah. I don't think they're going to not put anything on air, but what's been interesting with bachelor is you are getting way more um, alumni discussing why they disapprove of the show and the show hasn't they've they've sent a lot of cease and desist to people but other than Blake Horstman they haven't um sued anybody else as far as I know um just that a lot of threats of lawsuits so you're you've seen like this collective pushback where people want to like gain their voice back and gain their own character back so it seems like it's actually at a pretty good place moving forward. But like you said, yeah, they've already got several seasons filmed and who knows what they went through there. It just blows my mind that people don't understand that while they're not being held at gunpoint, they are uh, like on a set. And this this is um, the same thing happened during the Me Too era. Um, you know, I've worked on a ton of films. I've stood in on, on like rape scenes and crazy things like that. And the conditions on the set in the past would have a lot of men on set in these aggressive situations. And as like an actor or an actress, you don't just have the agency to say no to something uh, because you, you, you won't get cast again. Your agent will get a phone call. Oh, so-and-so is being difficult. Um, they, they've had to put these precautions on set, like in the, in, um, during the Me Too movement that when there's a sex scene that they have like an intimacy coordinator. They completely block the set off now. So only essential people like the cameraman, the sound guy, like only the essentials are on there. So because of the Me Too movement, things have changed for the better where no one cared. You know, people were just getting exploited left and right. So we might see that Changes are going to be made organically by people saying, oh, this was going on. No, let's get them seven hours of sleep. You know, I mean, we're talking about basic things here, but the fact that a lot of people don't understand that these conditions exist goes to show that for the majority of audience, it's very hard to have empathy when you look at someone on TV and think of them as like a star.
0: That's a great point, because when we think of them as stars, I feel like we forget to humanize them. So you're spot on with that. Let's talk about another star. Let's talk a little bit more about Charity Season and what you think of her men, the predictions. Let's get into it
1: with charity season it looks like it from what we've seen some of her finalists that that there is going to be a great group of guys. I love the idea that charity's brother goes in disguise on Mm -hmm. night one. If they want to pull off some fun stuff like that, I'm like all about it. Make it fun. Like no no one's dressed up in formal wear dating anymore. Like make it fun. Pull some notes from like some Netflix shows that are making it fun and some HBO dating shows and get it a little like raunchy and lighthearted, and that'll disarm people. And, you know, I, you know, so many people that are on these shows are afraid of being, becoming the villain that people aren't acting authentically. And I think it's like, and I understand why they don't have trust, but I think that makes it harder for the producers to pull things out of people. And what makes the best entertainment is everyone trusting the process, opening up. Some people get heartbroken. Some people might find love.
0: Absolutely. And like we said earlier, shows are only good for a certain amount of years before everyone's just too aware. It happened with punk It can happen with Jury Duty. It's sure as shit happened with Bachelor. People have absolutely changed how they act on that show to get a better edit, get a certain edit. You know, it's happened over the years and we just eat into it because we want reality television. and It is what it is.
1: Yeah. And I think if we did a better job as audience, not vilifying people for what we see on TV, then they wouldn't be as guarded, but the stakes are so high. I mean, they're so wildly high that if someone has a conversation with someone else and like, I mean, we're blasting them. So when when I watch on my channel, I go, look, like I'm not going to write anyone off. I don't know how hungry they were or how ignorant they were or where they come from. They're, half of these contestants aren't even at the age where your brain's developed. Like I'm just not, I'm just not doing it. If other people want to judge, that's on them. But I'm kind of trying to put out the fires and be like, let's not pretend like we've all got our shit together. Like we we would be, we would all be just as messy in a situation like this.
0: Absolutely. Even as far as being producers, I'm sure if everybody in America was a producer and offered the job on a reality show that everybody would have different ways of fucking with the cast or seeing drama. I mean, people, if they were producers would do things differently they say and then if they're in the position you're you know you're the puppet master you know you're taking on a different role
1: yeah I just interviewed Katie Thurston who of course had a big falling out with a lot of people from the show she didn't feel like anyone had her back and she felt like she you know was kind of like the you know like got that edit that was you know in, in some ways she got she got a tough edit she um, and she's a normal person, like everyone is. If anyone if anyone looks at some of these former leads, like that one's better than the others. Like they're just hiding something from you. They're better at being a pageant girl or guy, and they're there, you know, whatever. But Katie's not good at being a pageant girl. She'll tell you how she feels, and that's upsetting to some people. But she went a whole year or more without talking to her, like main producer, because of how violated she felt. And I think she finally forgave that person and just understood that they're trying to hold on to their jobs. Because it's all self-serving. So if a producer can force you to say something or p- be put into a scenario, it's self-serving for them. They might get promoted and it's right. just so cutthroat like that. But that's, that's how it is.
0: Absolutely. If your job is to keep the season going, like if your Vanderpump rules and you hear somebody whisper, Ariana... Hey, like Tom fucked Raquel, your job is to get those cameras in there. You think you're not going to ask the whole cast and pick it apart? Like your job is to exploit the shit out of that and apologize later and offer therapy and counseling and support that that's your job.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, these producers, they've, they've kind of sold people on the idea. You'll make, you'll get a bunch of Instagram followers. You'll make money after. And I think what people are realizing is that Instagram bubble is kind of over like, yeah, you'll still get some, but I don't think it's as easy monetizable as people think. So th- they might have a hard time finding eligible people that are like all stars and they might just be getting more desperate people. And maybe that makes for better TV. I don't know.
0: I think it does. I love that. Kind of. Um, Really quickly, touching on Nick Vile, I'm asking you for an update because I haven't been keeping up with him. Did he double down and offer any sort of different stance on where he stood on the UCAN foundation? Or has he just maintained his last thoughts of thinking that they're entitled motherfuckers to quote him? um, And it's, you know, stupid essentially.
1: So that was his, so he had the chance to double down or apologize or whatever. Um, his double down was what you just said saying, you know what, no, there, he wasn't, you know, thinking that, you know, he, he kind of just came at that scenario from the most cynical mindset, which is everyone's just trying to do, you know, you know, be selfish and it's projecting because maybe that's what Nick's mindset is. Um, I've given him all the credit in the world for building his business and what he's done, but you really get, to see the underlying um feelings that he has because he was wildly triggered by two men nick thompson and jeremy hartwell who are relatively his age late 30s nick's early 40s and there was some sort of threat that he was feeling there and he really pissed off a lot of people to the point where like like danielle and nick thompson who were married from season two of love is blind actually posted a photo together so like like Does their hatred for Nick bring them back together? I (laughs) always I always say give people the benefit of the doubt. Everyone's trying the best with the The information they have. Nick was wildly triggered in one way or another. Kind of one of those, I I saw some funny analogies that were like, oh, I got slapped as a kid, so it's okay that you get slapped as a kid. I was tortured and had um, uh, a lot of mental health issues from my time on the show, so you need to. What Nick doesn't realize is he was on the show during its golden age. He was one of the biggest contestants, and not because he was necessarily super lucky, he was DMing Caitlin Bristow and got onto her season i mean he's probably and i think he would admit this the one of the most um contrived or at least um what's the word i'm looking for uh pr- like like he 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 architect there was an architect there to him being on the show as much as he was and yes. it turns out that it was during the biggest time period like great for hannah brown she she got massive followers she doesn't need to be a bar of bachelor nation anymore she's so big but for everyone like that there's someone like that just gets a couple hundred thousand followers out of it and doesn't really know what to do with their life moving forward. Nick capitalized on it, but he did it in a way that causes a lot of collateral damage because he's willing to call out Rachel Reckia for being a certain way when, you know, she's just trying her best and maybe she's anxious and all these other issues that exist. He forgets that I think he forgets or is so far away from his season on the show and also he was several years before the pandemic people got into the show a lot more. I think since the pandemic, I think a lot of social issues are a bigger deal now to a greater amount of people. And I think Nick missed a lot of that and his show's super popular, but um, what he said, in my opinion was so indefensible that I imagine he's just going to not address it and try to move forward and just be on the wrong side of history because any doubling down, I think he realizes he's just shitting on a nonprofit trying to provide mental health for people. Like there is just no case there.
0: I agree. I don't think he's going to address it again. I think that that's a misstep just because I think that the people who were listening, not even because they liked his show, but because sometimes he has great guests on who you just want to hear what they have to say, like Micah or Marshall or when he had Raven on, fresh out of Love is Blind. But um, yeah, he just seemed so out of tune with that, that I almost just can't really respect him in the reality space because his lens was supposed to be someone who understood and empathized with them as a former reality star, I'm looking at things uncensored. And sometimes I say, wow, this girl's acting like a bitch. And then I take it back 10 minutes later, but I'm not acting like I have an unbiased opinion or like I'm always politically correct.
1: Yeah. And for Nick to assume that he knows what's happening on love is blind, a complete, it'd be like if I worked at home Depot and then at Lowe's, they're like, yeah, the work conditions are bad. No, 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 no. We put the vest on. We, we close the aisle. We run the paint. Like he has no (laughs) idea. And if these people are saying, Hey, yeah, we were deprived of this. Like, look, I mean, I had Danielle on my, I'm sorry. Yeah. Danielle, I had Danielle on my channel last week on Friday, if anyone wants to listen to that. And she says, yeah, we filmed till 1am and we got to get our hair, makeup off, take, I mean, imagine your, your, your nighttime routine. Maybe you're in, maybe that you get to sleep by two 30. They got to drive half an hour to the hotel. They're not living there. They're on a TV set. And then they have to be back on set at seven, which means what time do you get up? If you have to be back at seven, four 35, I mean, for, you know, uh, eat your breakfast beforehand. They're getting three hours a night, and the body just does not know how to cope with that lack of sleep. By day two or day three, let alone two weeks into that. Um, so th- this whole idea of like, you know, arguing, well, were they given enough water or not? If that's the conversation, chances are the answer was they're not getting enough of those basic needs and fashion. You want those standards to be there. And he says, well, it's not a profession. And my response is, well, you're, you're paying taxes because they're paying you to be there. It's a profession. It's It might be freelance, but you still are entitled to some protections there. And, and, it's, and it will be an issue moving forward that people discuss. It. it is a worker's issue, just like the Writers Guild is out there. Like, you know, we need to be on the side of the workers. They're the ones getting exploited. The contestants are the workers.
0: Not to mention, if you're going to put your business, your reputation, livelihood on the line for a show, and if you are agreeing to have someone mess with your conditions and keep you up late and give you extra alcohol, then the least they can do is provide counseling. But the fact that you could have suicidal ideations and them not be taken seriously, that's the truly sadistic and cynical part for me.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's no surprise that the only person to negotiate footage to defend themselves is Zach Goytowski, who is a lawyer. So he was accused of being a plagiarist because they edited out the part where he said, I'm rewriting the lyrics to a song or whatever. And that hurts his business as a lawyer to be accused of being a plagiarist. That's like a journalist being accused of plagiarism, a journalist being accused of making up a source. That's it. Your credibility is done. So, it's like, you shouldn't have to be a lawyer to be able to understand your protections. But I see it too often when, when you work in film, like in the Screen Actors Guild, there's always a number of SAG employees and non-union. And what you hear about the non-union being doe-eyed, new to LA, they're just happy to be on set. They are just ripe to be exploited. That's every cast member. They're just asking to be exploited and we need to not look at them as the bad guy we need to say oh honey it's your first rodeo we need a sort of oh no no no." we get breaks at the four hour mark so when nick thompson discussed the working conditions he said the only time he had a break on love is blind is when the first the first union group of people that were there finished for the day they take an hour break and then they bring in the next group so if they're working so many hours that they need to bring in double the crew i think they're overworking these humans that are also being exploited on camera the crew's not being exploited they're just they've just got negotiated conditions because they're in unions it's and they're still working 10 hour days 12 hour days but they're being paid double time and they're being covered if their meals aren't prepared on time they're getting bonus for that i mean they're just taken care of in the most basic way I don't think it's too much to ask for. Nick's on the wrong side of it. He knows that. And that's why he's not going to discuss it again. I would be shocked if he brings it up again.
0: Andy called Shane crazy. I just remembered. Like, he's been on his podcast, like, several times. And when I think of Shane Jensen from a prior season with severe ADHD, and at least that's all he's talked about, severe ADHD, putting him in, like or he's alienated and just by himself in isolation for an excess of like eight hours plus, or putting him in high stress situations will have him look exactly like he did on camera to the point where his credibility now is, people genuinely think that he's still on drugs. It makes me sad. Like he he will be manic in mid episode with his hair a mess. Like clearly mental health is through the shitter and people still think cocaine because of his edit on Love Island. Not, I almost said Love Island. I'm Love Is Blind.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, and as an audience, it's kind of it, we haven't evolved as humans past the gladiator days we just haven't and that's why we can't expect the audience to boycott necessarily it's just not going to happen uh, unless something crazy happens like you know a v- very sad situation which has happened in the past but um the only thing you can do is what they're trying to do which is get some solidarity um we have yet to see i think one prominent bachelor person um uh, speak out about that foundation. Um, not here to call anybody out, but for everyone that's had mental health issues from Hannah Brown to Tasha, had a rough go and Matt James didn't love the way he was edited. All these people, not one person has tried to, um, highlight that organization and helps that it'll, you know, put it this way. If it was an issue where, if we knew there was a serial abuser working in film, we would want them exposed so that they stop doing that for future people but we kind of still are turning our blind eye to this issue and anyone who's profited off of it and built their following off of it i don't see them uh, them sharing the you can foundation link or discussing it it's all of the fringe people so i understand nick's point was like oh they're only talking about it because they've got nothing else going on it's a misguided point but we need more people like nick saying you know what just because I survived it doesn't mean it's right. Let's at the bare minimum, set some hour standards for when people are on set versus when they're getting their breaks. Let's set these standards and, and they don't have to be a part of a union. We can just get physical we can just get like uh, production companies to say, okay, everyone's gonna work only 10 hours. I mean, that we're, we're talking about them being on set for 20 hours. Like it's just ridiculous. Like if you can't create drama with a normal scope of a work day, Get it get a new job you know what I mean like I I'm pretty sure they can create this TV show with better conditions film an extra couple of days you know but it, it comes down to like capitalism it's like how you know we're not paying them much we can keep them all day it's cheaper to just bring in a couple uh, a couple of sound guys than it is to film for two days so that's what they do because they can
0: and it also just um, will end with this it also kind of makes you question the validity of Netflix reality television because you've already seen Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset come forward talk about the show afterwards. She said, Hey, we weren't allowed to leave lunch, which by the way, lasted six hours. It wasn't a 15 minute conversation, which it looked like we weren't allowed to leave until each of us said this particular line. And if we weren't willing to say it, we just had to keep, arguing until lunch was over she was like so eventually somebody says it and because they just want to leave um so when you throw in the fact that there are certain things they want you to hit and when you throw in the fact that people are literally being neglected and put into these situations where their fight or flight is activated it's not really reality television as much as it is as as an experiment um and seeing how they will do it's almost like survivor except you're not really telling them that they're on that show
1: yeah yeah And in the end, like Vanderpump, they're going to act debaucherous because they get rewarded for it. And it, Christine, you know, she spoke up and guess what? She's not on the season, you know, whether it's her choice or not. She, you know, that tells that, that tells future cast members get in line or you're not going to be on the next season. And, you know, it's, it's everyone for themselves. And in those conditions, And it's again, I see the comments from people. A lot of people get this, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people still don't get it because they might be in a career that doesn't pay well. And maybe because they're in a situation that's no good. They may think other people should suffer. I don't know. I don't understand. I just think we need to treat it all like a work condition and whether or not someone's verified on Instagram doesn't mean we have the right to um, treat them any differently. We're all humans here.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself. Really quickly, I know that I, you said that you have upcoming shows. So I'm on East Coast. If you want to plug your stand-up shows and like where people can see you, i will yeah, love a- to hear
1: I'll have a week of shows in New York. I think starting uh, June 6th. So if people just follow me on Instagram, I'll have all those dates, Um, Instagram D Niels, And um, I uh, also talk about my shows on Bachelor Rush Hour podcast. Um, I have a show this Thursday in Burbank, but like everything else, sometimes they're super last minute. So just follow me on Instagram. If it's a show worth promoting, I post it on there. And I've got my Driving with Dave series, which is my interviews in my car with cast members. The one with Katie Thurston comes out on Friday. And um, yeah, I'll just be you know, hustling.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I love it! So it's like comedians in cars getting coffee, like it's like your take on Jerry Seinfeld's show, which I loved his show by the way. So I can't wait to watch that on your channel. Yeah, it's
1: um, I got a three camera setup in the car. I, I've done reality Steve and Susie Evans, and I find it's a very easy conversation because we're just driving around having coffees or sodas. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a result of not having a good studio space. I'm like, all right, we'll just drive around the car. But I think it's actually a better, I think some of these podcasters are so bad, like the alumni are so bad because they've been gifted these platforms that those like us that are sort of independent have to kind of fight a little bit harder for it. But I think it creates better content.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's a great niche you found for yourself. Like you said, if you don't have a studio space, well, we'll just go for a drive. And I think it's fun, too, that you get the opportunity to see like what these celebrities order. You know what I mean? Like what is their drink or what are they getting from the drive through? Because it's what we really want to know, but they aren't going to show us on their Instagrams.
1: Yeah, spoiler for Katie Thurston, we got Diet Cokes out of 7 Eleven. I was like, you're a 7 Eleven person. I should have got some like some of that 7 Eleven meat, got some hot dogs or something. <laughs> um, but uh, for Susie, she did like an she did like an oat, it's iced espresso. Um and she Fancy. was lovely. So that conversation's out there. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be a ton of fun. And I think just trying to bring a little bit more fun back to it. So many of these podcasts are like give me the, tr- the tea and all of this. And it's like, well, there are humans outside the show. And I think they, I think they're like, uh, with Katie Thurston, she grew up in a basement apartment with her dad and her sister in a one bedroom. Like that's way more fascinating to see her rise to reality fame from that. And I've never heard that story before. And I'm like, well connected in that world. So I just think, um, there's a, there's a story not being told. And I think that that's what that series is going to be. Just kind of being a little bit more like a little more humanity to it all.
0: I love getting personal. That's my podcast too. Like sometimes I want the tea, but I don't want to exploit people. There's so much of that. I'm not TMZ, no shade, but I'm not reality Steve that gets like the first like bit of info. So yeah, I just want to know, like you said, what what do you get from Seven Eleven? I love that. Everybody check out Dave. Thank you for your time today. I had so much fun recording with you.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.